Welcome or welcome back to the Joy Loving Home Podcast. This is episode 155 and this is part one of a five-part back-to-school blitz. (laughs) Today we're going to focus on the mudroom, but just to kind of talk about the series you're about to listen to, I'm going to attempt to be here every day this uh, for the next straight five days so that we can start to do the runway to getting ready for school. Most of my listeners are moms. If you're not a mom, you can either skip the next five episodes or you can listen because sometimes all of us want this sort of shift from feeling those lazy days of summer to, oh, the whole world kind of re-energizes in the fall to kind of start over when school picks up for people who do have kids because just Fewer and fewer people are going on vacation, and there's just that sort of shift that feels different about that time of year. You may be asking, why are you doing this series at the very beginning of August? Well, for some people, I've already missed the beginning of the school year. I know particularly we have uh, family and friends in Arizona that their kids are already back to school, but selfishly, my youngest starts back August 7th. I'm, again, selfishly using you all as my accountability partners to make sure I'm ready when she starts on Monday. So I just picked out five what I consider key spots uh, around our homes that would be great if they were in order when school starts. So I feel a little more sane and she feels a little more sane. And if you all have kids and you want to journey this with me and you're like, oh, wait, we don't start until after Labor Day then maybe remember to cycle back to these and listen then when they feel more relevant. You might feel like, well, hey, I could do all this now. And then when school starts, I feel, I'll feel less hectic. <laughs> but who are we kidding? If you're actually my ADHD brain listeners, you're like, okay, I'm going to wait till I feel that sense of urgency that Joy feels right now. And we'll uh, visit those then. So that's your sort of preface for what's going on in the next five episodes. If you are just a podcast listener, thank you for being here. That means a lot to me. You will get sort of the breakdown of what my plans are for each space because I'm going to talk about it, then I'm going to go do it. If you happen to be a member of my free community, which you can get to by going to bit.ly slash joy loving home community, I will show before and after pictures, maybe even a little during moment. I will sometimes pop in with some quick uh, video commentary. And if you want to see visuals, that's a great place to go. If you follow me on Instagram there, I'm at Joy Loving Home. I have not been super active there, but this might be a series where it'd be great to show a couple before and afters as we're gearing back up to school so you can peek over there. And then if you are part of my membership group, it is my intention to go in there and do some some real-time accountability sessions that, that the folks in my membership group can sort of join me during and work with me. And that actually is closed currently, (laughs) just to give you a taste of what that's about, because it will be opening at the end of the month. That is a membership group. It's $10 a month. And we do some accountability sessions in there that can be super helpful. Although they could tell you this summer has been a little, a little off. I am going to need to take a uh, page out of a slob come clean Dana K. White. I love and admire that she takes the summers off, but I've never felt like I have the luxury to do that yet because I don't feel like I have an audience that knows to look for me again once summer's over. <laughs> I've tried to keep up, 
but I'm not doing a great job of it. And you know what? I'm not terribly sorry about that because family is still first for me. And so sort of disappearing from time to time to be fully present with my family, I don't, I don't see as a bad thing. But I don't know, maybe in the future, you'll see me disappear in the summers. But for right now, I'm going to try and dig in, get things up and rolling again. And it's going to start with this back to school series. So let's get busy. All right. What I want to talk about for episode one of this five-part series is the mudroom or in your house if you don't have a mudroom you might have a landing zone or an entry closet it's really the space where when you park the car and your first step into the door where does that lead you and what can you do to set that up for a more successful school year if that's inside of the garage if that's right inside the front door of your home you might feel the need to make it a little more attractive. And I totally get and respect that. But we're going to talk about the function of it. The pretty part of it is secondary, in my opinion. So you know your house, you know your space. I happen to have the luxury of a mudroom in my particular home. So I'm going to speak to that. But just listen for the key elements and ask yourself, how can those key elements work in my home and the way I live my life with my particular number of kids? In my particular space, it is a locker room that had three lockers. When we moved in, I had four kids in school. Uh, One was high school, two were middle, and one was elementary. Our school schedule was such that High school and elementary left really early and middle school had a later start. And so I divided the lockers up. So the high school and the elementary schooler were sharing a locker and the two middle schoolers were sharing a locker. I made sure there were two double hooks in each. They knew their locker space. But now I have not changed that since we moved in seven years ago. And now I've got one that doesn't even live with us anymore. I've got two heading off to college very, very soon. She's going to have this mudroom to herself. <laughs> so it feels like a time to reset. I posted a picture on Instagram not that long ago of the current state of the mudroom. This is going to make a very lovely dramatic before and after. And what I'm going to be asking myself are the same things I want you to ask yourself. If you have these three key pieces present in your mudroom, the rest is just extra. Focus on just these three and then do what you want with the rest. For me, because I just feel this need for sort of a complete overhaul, I think I'm going to empty everything out, vacuum it top to bottom, dust it, mop the floor, and start fresh so that it really feels like her space, she can set it up you know, the way she wants to with these key items in place. Number one, will your kids have a place to easily, and this is the key word, easily, Drop their book bag, lunchbox, shoes, and coat. The easier you make it to dump those things, the more success you will have in it being maintained. If you have lots of extra steps of opening doors and lifting lids, this has to go on this hook and this has to go on that hook. And this, the more complicated you make it, the more aggravated you're going to get with the upkeep. I have a virtual client that I had been working with and she was like, well, I have this space in the garage that could work, but most of the time they breeze right by it. The book bags are always right in the entry hall on the ground. And I'm like, okay, make all of you happy. 
by trying to not rearrange who's who because she's like if I'm being realistic I don't think I'm going to be able to change these behaviors at this point she had like an entry table where she dropped keys which I think is great and they would set things that had to come in or out of the house which is great she ended up buying two giant baskets that happened to slide right under that little entry table each kid has their own basket they literally walk through the door pull the basket out and like shake their bodies off into the basket. So the book bags slide off, the hats, the coats, the whatever, and then it gets shoved under that table until they're ready to do homework later. It works. She doesn't have to stare at book bags laying in the middle of the floor. She doesn't have to wonder where they carried it off to. It doesn't have to land on the kitchen island and then she's trying to fix dinner. It at least stops there at the door because you know what your kids are like when they walk through the door. They're exhausted. It's been a long day of school, particularly the early part of school years. School is exhausting until you build up the stamina. And so make it as easily easy as possible. Do they have a place to easily drop these things? You can require them to hang it on a hook. A hook is better than a hanger and a little shoe tray and a unzip your bag and completely empty everything. If that's something you want to do and that's super important to you, by all means do it. But those things can be done when you're actually working on homework. So first of all, can they just drop it? Because usually it's drop. I want to go to the bathroom. I want a snack. Then we start facing all of those other things. All right. So that's item number one. Item number two, do they have a place to put papers that they want to hold on to? This is true for elementary when they're really proud of arts and crafts and things they bring home, which are usually way bigger than an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, by the way. And it's true of all the way up to high schoolers who are like, well, I have to hold on this because I'm going to have to study it later when the final comes around. And I need to know where that is. In my experience, the best thing has been big, flat baskets that are bigger than eight and a half by 11. So I managed to get a couple from Target. They go up on top of the mud lockers. Once they've shown off their art or they've gone, oh, my folder's getting way too thick. I've got to pull some of this stuff out of here, but I'm going to need it later. All they do is step up and dump it into that basket. It's not a file. It's not organized. They know when they need it. All they do is pull the basket down and go, okay, I need this paper and I need that paper and I need this paper. Don't overthink it because it'll end up being a pile of all this needs to be filed. All this needs to be filed. You don't want it to become a filing situation. You just need to know kid A has a basket, kid B has a basket, kid C has a basket. Later, if you need to go through art and go, we can't keep all of this, then you could photograph it and decide what gets thrown away and what few items get saved. But those of you that have purchased these file buckets for saving things, particularly if you have elementary school kids, the art is never eight and a half by 11, like ever. So keep that in mind when you're trying to think about saving. You'd be better off to have a long, flat Tupperware that becomes the the keepsake box for each kid. And it's one of those ones that slides under a bed to stay out of the way. So just a thought on that. So item one was, sorry, my garage door is going up and down. And I podcast in a closet that is above the garage. (laughs) Okay, now that that's done. Um, Now it's going. Okay, hopefully that's over. All right, um, so step one was a place to easily drop all their things. Step two was do you have a place to save the papers that have to be saved? 
Step three is, do you have a place to put the action items that are going to have to be dealt with either immediately that night as part of homework or papers that have to sign and get back or those things that have to be held on to just for a little stretch of time and then turned in or returned or whatever. So a couple ideas on this. I want you to be realistic. And we're going to talk about this in a um, future podcast. I think it's, it's actually tomorrow's where we talk about homework and homework zones and where that happens. But be realistic in your head about where homework is going to happen and knowing how to get those papers that are important that are going to need action. I honestly try very hard to keep things off the kitchen island. It is a, it's an uphill battle. But for things that have to stay in my focus area where I know I have to act on them, I'm really not, I don't have a problem with on the island. Like it's going to get seen and it's going to get addressed. If it's a basket on the island so it looks slightly more pulled together and it's a little bit out of the, the, you know, mess of food and drinks flying around, just make sure you know you are always visiting that sort of action item basket on the island. The other option is you could have, you know, there's like wall um, mounted file things or a basket that you can mount to the wall in the mudroom. If there's something that has to stay for a couple days, but you know you have to address it again, those are not a bad option. So if they plop down on the kitchen table or at the island and they're doing homework, they're like, oh, mom, I have to have, you know, this and it's going to come back on Thursday or whatever. You could carry it over and plop it in a folder like that on the wall of the mudroom so that it's staying out of your kitchen in general. But just have a plan for those items. That's it. Those are the three main things. If you have those three things in place, the rest is just extra. But if I'm going to make one bonus suggestion, and in my particular case, my mudroom, I actually painted with a magnetic paint that I then top covered with a chalk paint. <laughs> I can now both write things on the wall and stick things through the, to the wall with magnets, which has been great when I just want to have things like a note to myself and something to stick on. You kind of have to have a little more powerful magnet. I think I did two or three coats just to make sure the magnetic paint was ready to, to hold especially when you cover it with chalk paint. But that is a lifesaver. The other thing I am not above is it has like a board and batten type thing on the bottom half. And I will get out scotch tape and tape things right to that wood because it's never pulled anything off when I've needed to pull the paper off and use it again. So you have options. Any way that you can stick stuff to the wall, write yourself notes on the wall, things like that are super helpful for ADHD brains. The other thing that I've done on that wall is I always, always print out the school calendar and I tape it right up to that wall or magnetic it to the wall so that I'm always seeing when they're going to have days off. If your kid buys hot lunch and you want to have the lunch calendar on there and print it and stick it there where they know they can run over and look, that's awesome. Have it on a level where they can make themselves as independent as possible. And then I have done, depending on the age of your kid, white board style calendars that can be just days of the week to remind yourself that gym is on Wednesday and art is on Thursday and let's not dress in our favorite clothes on Thursdays and let's make sure we're in the comfy gym style clothes on Wednesdays. You know what I mean when you had elementary schoolers or if a theme week is coming up for spirit week even if you have high schoolers and you want to remind yourself Monday is nerd day and Tuesday is blue out whatever you if you haven't gotten to high school yet that happens on occasion. 
or you can print out a big blank squares where you can change what month it is. You can do a quick at the beginning of each month, jot those things down. That's adding extra. And if you start to fall behind and you're like, I'm never consistent with those calendars and it causes you grief, don't do that part. Just print out the ones that exist and tape them to the wall. It doesn't have to be pretty at your mudroom. That's where this whole Instagram, my spaces have to look beautiful, is counterproductive to them functioning well in a way that you can keep them up. That's my lowdown on the mudroom. Let's all focus in on, hey, I want to get my mudroom caught up and ready and set for school. And so if you want to join me in that venture, like I said, in the group later today, I'll post my before. I'll give you a little taste of my during because it always gets worse before it gets better. And then I'll give you a little taste of my after once it's done. That group, again, to get to is bit.ly slash joylovinghomecommunity. Love to have you there. Love to have you share your before and afters with me as well. So anyway, I'm going to stop there so we can all get busy. Until next time, continue to choose joy.